0: Before, I could only trust myself. Now I can only trust you. They've taken you away from me.
1: Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And today we have a guest, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Kevin, what is your relationship to the X-Files?
0: My relationship to the X-Files, Shelby, you are the one that introduce me to this show. Um, of course. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you made me watch a couple episodes <laughs> several years ago that I loved. Um, and then you, uh, you actually made me a list of like episodes I should watch. Like, I was thinking back on my experience with it, and uh, I think I made it pretty far, but I was definitely hopping around. I did not see this episode that we're about to talk about.
1: Um, Oh, okay.
0: So, uh, yeah, I've seen several episodes, non consecutively, and uh, yeah, I enjoy the show.
1: Perfect. I I love to hear that. Also, it it tracks that I've made you a list and was very (laughs) insistent that you watch them.
0: It was great. It that's, was uh you were like my uh my sherpa.
1: <laughs> yes, I this this is this is my collated life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and today we are here to talk about Little Green Men in season 2 episode 1. Also, I've just been calling it Little Green Men. <laughs> <laughs> <That's, laughs> Little Green Men.
0: That's how I have it on my note sheet.
1: Little Green Men aired September 16th, 1994. It was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong and directed by David Nutter. Uh, Reuniting the crew from Beyond the Sea because they wrote Beyond the Sea and he directed Beyond the Sea. So the gang's back together. (laughs) And the plot. This is... This is a mythology episode, but I wouldn't say it's so heavy on the mythology that it's uh, the usual rigmarole.
2: Yeah, it's like a good light mythology episode.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, So the plot is that Mulder and Scully have been reassigned to other departments, Mulder to white-collar crimes, and Scully to teaching at the academy. When Mulder gets told by one of his informants, Senator Matheson, that a radio signal has been detected at the Arecibo Observatory, Mulder goes to Puerto Rico to find the evidence and a bit of peace because he has a crisis of faith in extraterrestrials. And Scully chases after him as soon as she finds out he's missing, as always, he would be dead without her.
0: He really would.
1: (laughs) He really would. Uh, She brings him home and he gets off scot-free. And they return to their boring assignments. But Mulder does ha- seem to have a reinvigorated interest in extraterrestrials. Do y'all have... Actually, I'll start. I do have an observation for this episode. And I would like to say, I'd like to borrow a term from the Zoomers online on Twitter and, and say that Mulder is in his flop era right now.
0: <laughs> I agree. He 100% is.
1: He's He's depressed they took the x files from him and he's losing it he's
0: a <laughs> sad
2: sad boy he he his hair is slightly grown out like it's slightly longer on the top <sighs> if
0: you're if your favorite it, part of the x files is seeing Mulder sulk this is the episode for you
2: cuz oh boy does he sulk in this episode he,
0: that boy sulks
1: Hard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That scene in
0: the garage where where they first meet. He is just so bummed out, and she she clearly doesn't really know what to say to him. She's, <laughs>
2: just, yeah. she's trying so hard, and he's being so combative with her. Just, it,
0: was, it was a very yeah, sweet yeah, moment, for sure. It, but it was it, it was works. yeah. <laughs> the boy's sad. <laughs>
1: So we start the episode with a cold open, as always. And I really like the beginning of this episode. It has a, cu- a cut of the stars and an overdramatic voiceover by Mulder. So that's how you know it's the X-Files, because that is it's bread and butter.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he Mulder's talking about the Voyager satellite, and he, he just keeps going on and on like, we wanted to believe. We wanted to call out. <laughs> <laughs> This. And you can hear a box concerto, and you see images from the Voyager. <laughs> and then uh, we cut back to Earth and the Arecibo Bote- Observatory, and suddenly it's it has like plastic everywhere, and it lights up, and it starts whirling. And yeah, that's the cold open. Did y'all have any thoughts about it? Uh, yeah, I
2: actually really liked the cold open. It was probably actually my favorite part of this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Uh I yeah, I didn't really like this episode that much. Um it, it, You're it gonna to say that, to that for every so. mythology one. <laughs> huh? I said you're gonna say that for all the mythology I ones. I probably
2: am gonna say that <laughs> for all the mythology ones. Yeah, but I really I really I really liked it because I um in middle school and like early high school, I was like really into astronomy, especially stuff like the Voyager Project and a lot of stuff that was led by Carl Sagan. This episode's really interesting to me because there's a lot of has everyone or anyone seen the 1997 movie Contact? With yes. Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey.
0: No, yes.
2: I don't know if this is weird, but I watch it at church. Is that weird? <laughs> that is that is a little weird. Um, because anyway, I have a, I have a lot of feelings about that, Shelby. But <laughs> contact is a. F- is a phenomenal movie um, it was
1: really interesting i don't think you should have shown like an like a ninth grade shelby it but it is really interesting yeah i remember the watching I, picked it, up.
2: I watched it as a young as a young girl and jodie foster's character was kind of like part of my like i want to be a scientist like i mean who wouldn't but i think it's really this episode is really interesting because there's a lot of parallels to contact because i think this episode is partially based off of the novel that carl sagan and his partner wrote and that. novel came out in 1985 and so Mm -hmm. this is after the novel but before the movie contact and so I think this episode's really interesting for that reason and I really like that part of this episode kind of just like what does it mean to establish like first contact or contact with intelligent extraterrestrials I just like don't particularly care for where the episode went with that in the long run but Mm -hmm. I really like the cold open
1: yeah. You mentioned contact. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. I was like, this reminded me of contact a lot. Oh yeah. Um
0: I like the Cold Open a lot. It, I, I thought it was looking back on it now, this is not <laughs> something I was thinking at the time, but having seen the rest of the episode, uh there were there were clearly a lot of themes of uh, sort of isolation um, in the rest of the episode, kind of Mulder coming to terms with what he believes and uh, what his purpose is. And the cold open was like a perfect manifestation of that sort of like isolation. It's you're on the cold empty of space. I don't know, it, it really set the tone for the episode that I and I really enjoyed. That.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after the cold open, we get to the show, we have, of course, the uh, the scenes that kind of establish what Mulder and Scully have been doing since they got reassigned. Mulder, um, he's been monitoring wiretaps for white collar criminals, um, specifically bank bank fraud people.
2: Proto NSA. And he's he's
1: he's sitting in his his little dungeon or wherever the hell they have him, and he's eating a sunflower seed, just listening to these like old men uh, talk about lap dances. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That was really weird with it. like what's the difference between a lap dance and a table dance? <laughs> I
1: was like what? <laughs> I didn't
0: I didn't catch that audio that he was listening to is that what they said?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think technically the the lap dance one was at the end with Scully, but the, I think at this one he was like he was saying something about Tuesday. Oh, yeah. He mentioned a song by The Offspring. I don't <laughs> know, it was weird. <laughs> But he was just uh, not carried, which is, yeah, that sounds about right for him.
0: That that scene in the van was so like, it was like the beginning of Stardew Valley, you know, where you're just like miserable in a corporate setting. Yeah.
1: And then Scully is teaching um at the academy. She's doing an autopsy for students. And they had the great moment where she she would like gets distracted and she's like, Imagine like this whole guy's life in in this this brain, like in the brain, like the all of that he experienced just being there. And they're like, You sound a little spooky. <laughs> yeah. I like how
2: that one concerned student is like, Are you okay? Because you sound a bit
1: uh, too existential for an autopsy." autopsy <laughs> <laughs> mm. scully sees Mulder in the hallway and she tries to say hi and he ignores her and so she they have a signal where she puts a sticky note on a framed photo of his sister and then puts it down on his desk so then that leads to the what we kind of alluded to the, the earlier is the them meeting in the garage at the watergate hotel at watergate <laughs> <laughs> And Mulder's so depressed.
0: So (laughs) So depressed.
1: (laughs) And Scully says, like, he's like, what do you have? And she's like, I'm just checking on you. He's like, well, we don't we can't really check on each other. We're being (laughs) surveilled. She's like, we aren't.
2: (laughs) It's like, yeah, they are being surveilled. But like, so that is like, okay, Mulder, fine. But also like, she's like, I took the proper precautions, you, you asshole. Like, I just I'm worried about you because you seem uh very 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 depressed like are you eating sort of depressed
1: <laughs> yeah uh, he looks great in this scene i just want to say that i was <laughs> tweeting about this episode earlier I saw. and it was it was just me taking picture screenshots of him and just being like he's depressed but he looks hot <laughs> i knew i knew that you were going to be like super into into him this episode this sad boy god he looked great he, he had like a bit of a five o'clock shadow right
2: yeah,
0: yeah. He, he did yes
1: he looked like a mess, but he looked great.
2: Shelby, um, can I can I tell you what like all of this like whole parking lot scene and them being like separated and stuff reminds me of? I know what you're gonna say. You should say it. It reminds me of in Full Metal Alchemist when Roy and Reza are separated, and exactly. <laughs> they have to exactly. still contact each other. But like Roy, Roy is less of an asshole than uh, Mulder in this whole process. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of a lot. I'm just gonna out us as huge Roy eye shippers. Like it's fine.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the equivalent in Full Metal is definitely Roy. What he calls Riza. That's Scully reaching mm-hmm. out to Mulder.
2: I'm like, I can, I can say this. This is fine. This is hosted on a
1: Full Metal Aqua's podcast <laughs> site as well. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Also. <laughs> This is this is very minor. I just wanted to complain about it because that's what I, well, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. But Mulder says, have you ever been to San Diego to Scully? And she says, yes, she lived there. She grew up there.
0: Did <laughs> <This> she <laughs> <year laughs> really?
1: That's yes. hilarious. Like it's what established it's established way later it's like she she grew up there for at least a little bit her her dad was in the navy but yeah
2: that makes sense it's a big naval station
1: (laughs) yeah so she's like yes it's like what do you mean yes you live there So Mulder tells the story of the Palomar Observatory and about how an eccentric astronomer, George Ellerly Hale, was told to build a stel- telescope by elves, which I did a deep dive into this and deep dive. I mean, like I paused the episode and I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out if this was real or not. Oh, hell yeah. It's not. Oh, <laughs> sad. So the the good news is Hale did have like al- hallucinations. He, he did like that. That part wasn't. I mean, that's not good news for him, I guess. But. It wasn't off base, but the confusion was that he wrote a letter to a friend and he said that he had a little devil, which he meant figuratively. And the friend thought he was literally talking about a demon that talked to him. (laughs) Because I guess that's just what it is to be friends with him is that he... (laughs) This is plausible for them. <laughs> I was
2: gonna say, so he's the type of person where if he wrote like to a friend, like, yeah, like this little devil told me to do something, like they interpret it literally. Oh my god. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. So that 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 was a, a bit of extrapolated like miscommunication leading to that conclusion. So he didn't have a little elf tell him. That would have been cool.
0: I mean, um I'd buy it. Yeah,
1: yeah. But but it, it's very apt because Mulder compares his little elf to his little green men his little green men little, little green, green men,
2: men. <laughs> we're in the south here it's little green men
0: whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> and and Mulder says seed is not enough i should have some solid evidence i learned that from you that's so sweet that is i love sweet. that that's so cute
0: that is really cute
1: it's really setting up this whole like this he's in a crisis he's in an emotional state where he maybe doesn't believe in aliens anymore because what does he have to hang his hat on oh boy he in a crisis (laughs) and as as she goes to leave like scully says next time we meet out in the open and she does that little head pat (laughs) I i love that scene so much it was so tender it was it was like (laughs) she she's just trying to look out for her friend and so she gives a little head pat she says next time we meet out in the open
2: oh no it's so sweet she's like you need you need to be around other people
1: (laughs) 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 you you have a tenuous grasp on reality most times and without me (laughs) you're kind of spiraling (laughs) <laughs> but the interesting thing is that the Watergate Hotel triggers Mulder's memory of his sister's abduction. And this is the first time we see what happened. It's been alluded to a lot in the show, but this is the first time we see the abduction scene. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. interestingly, I didn't clock this, but this is actually the first time we get a glimpse of like an alien mm-hmm. um, in the show, which uh, I kind of forgot that it took that long. It's funny that it's like the X-Files. It's like a whole first season. They didn't have any shadowy like alien figures at all.
0: Yeah. yeah we got to see some alien feet.
1: Both <laughs> <Post> feet. <laughs> We're putting them on wiki feet as we speak. <laughs> Rate right, these alien feet.
0: Show feet. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cut that out actually? Yes, yeah, sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the um abduction scene it's 1973 November 27th 1973 in Chilmark Massachusetts which is on Martha's Vineyard, which it turns out is an island. Wow, I did, I did not, not know, know that. that. Yes, I thought it was a vineyard.
2: Yeah, well, I guess like vineyards can be on islands, but like I thought it was, you know, I just never knew I just never knew that Martha's Vineyard was an island. Is a vineyard even there? Is that just a whole like complete lie? Like some no some cl- northeasterner like- please email us and like correct
1: us <laughs> on <laughs> it's for like Massachusetts geography.
0: Is it, is it like a yeah, city?
1: It seems like it's like a area. Like, because it seemed like there's cities on Martha's Vineyard. Uh-huh. And then it's just the whole island is called Martha's Vineyard. It's I think it's like the fifth largest island in the Northeast so weird or maybe third i don't know
0: no joke growing up i always thought martha's vineyard was like martha stewart related and Me too. I, I, I just thought she had like a very popular vineyard that everyone liked to go to
1: yeah like it's yeah, like that the sense. hot ticket to get invited to martha stewart's vineyard
0: yeah absolutely
1: i also have two fun facts about martha's vineyard i found looking up this other than the five it's an island so i guess i have three <laughs> the other one is it's um it's one of five place names in the united states that has an apostrophe, a possessive apostrophe. Oh. Huh. So Martha owns that vineyard. It, it was it was interesting because they they made it so they had to get rid of the apostrophe, and then they were like, "Okay, you can have it back." So for a while, it was Martha's vineyard, no apostrophe, and now it's back to being Martha's vineyard apostrophe.
0: A vineyard uh, full of yeah. Marthas. <laughs>
1: Other interesting fact I found out is that Martha's Vineyard had a high population of deaf people in the nineteen. 19- le- century. So in the 19th century, one in every 5,728 Americans were born deaf on the vineyard. It was one in 155. Whoa. That's a crazy yeah, high was, number. Yeah. It was a combination of um, the fact that it's an island. So mm-hmm. genetics, mm-hmm. The, the fact that like- Limited gene pool. Yeah, exactly. So one of the, you know, the- I guess, the founders, as as you might use in evolution to denote like one of the beginning's <coughs> genetic uh, organisms, I guess, but people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case, yeah. So there's like a decent number of like intermarrying. I think this is less true, but the book I, I read like a, a couple pages, like the beginning that I got from Google Books, but it's a book called um, Everyone Here Spoke Sign Language by Nora Ellen Gross. And it seemed like a really interesting book. It's like a kind of social science survey of it but yeah because there were so many deaf people in martha's vineyard like literally everybody spoke sign language that's amazing oh. another snippet i read was she did a lot of research by talking to people that grew up on the island and she would be like oh you know like ben and david like what do they have in common and she's like they're great fishermen and she's like they're also both deaf right and she's like oh yeah i forgot <laughs> like <laughs> just because it was so commonplace yeah. and just like not that unique it's just like yeah of course there are deaf people here that's amazing so yeah it's
0: very interesting it was really is it, interesting is it still, yeah. does it still have like a large deaf population
1: uh, I'm not totally sure. It's it, it, it was really interesting because because like it's it's also like a big summer home destination. Right, There's yeah. the combination of like people who live there full time and people that just live there go there for the summer, which is also really interesting because this implies Mulder lived there full time because this was in November. And so it's like, OK, that's that's a really interesting detail that like Mulder grew up on Martha's Vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because apparently it's not really a place you grow up. Uh, but apparently also like the the population, that stay there full-time is caught up by n- now. So I think maybe this is, uh, it's less common that there's like the same number of deaf people. I
2: would imagine mm-hmm. so also just because
1: you said this was the 1900s or the... Well, this this book came out in like 2009. So okay. she's talking to people who are like 90-something. Like, yeah. So they were like kids during that. So like kind of, you know, like that tail end of like, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. 1900s. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I would imagine it's probably not as high now because there's probably there's more genes being put into the gene pool now so like back then it was probably a much more isolated community and so it makes sense that there was a higher percentage of people who were deaf like because the gene pool was so small and there wasn't like a lot of new genes like coming in now Mm -hmm. i imagine it's probably i mean it might be a little bit higher Still, but probably not as drastic.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
1: It took me so long to watch this episode because I got really hung up on the George Hale thing. And then I spent like <laughs> 20 minutes reading about the <laughs> the deaf community in Martha's video. It's
2: okay. I like half watched this episode because, I mean, Shelby and Kevin know this, but I will tell our listeners this. I've had a bird stuck in the dryer vent tube in my apartment, in my washer and dryer unit, like, all day, and like, it was quiet for a few hours, so we thought, like, oh, maybe it got out, and then, like, halfway, maybe just over halfway through this episode, it started making a lot of noise again, and it was, like, very (laughs) loud. So it was, like, when it was all tense, I was, like, also tense because (laughs) this bird, yeah the bird is out now, and it is is safe and fine and did not die. So thank you to the maintenance guy. Thank Um, you, maintenance. big ups. Shout out to his 11-year-old daughter who told him to go save that animal.
1: (laughs) The Watergate hearing is on TV, but Mulder's not really watching it. Him and his sister are playing Stratego, a game I've never played and I don't know anything about. It didn't look up anything. (laughs) It didn't look like fun. It looked boring. It did look like the game your annoying 12-year-old older brother would make you play. Yeah, your older brother just like yells at you.
0: Oh man, I didn't know I was going to come on the show and get bullied like this. This is...
2: (laughs) Well, what was yes, your
0: Stratego? <laughs> yes, yes, I made my sister play Stratego with me. No, she did not enjoy it.
1: Oh my God, yes, you Mulder. did yell at her.
0: I, I didn't, well, we won't, I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we love each other very much, me and my sister, despite the Stratego events. <laughs>
1: Well, it's good that your Stratego turned out better than Mulder's. Yes, yeah. None of,
0: neither of us got abducted <laughs> by aliens.
1: <laughs> That's great news. Yeah, so the Watergate series on, but he's not watching it. He he has it on because he wants to watch the magician, and they're arguing about that. But suddenly, <laughs> there's a big light. And the, there's like flashing red lights and the door opens ominously and we see the alien shadow. Uh We see the shadow with light behind it. And Mulder goes to grab his, his father's revolver.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They just have like a loaded gun in a box.
1: It's, it's on top of an armoire. <laughs> <laughs> it could be put in a better place, but... <laughs> <laughs> So (laughs) he knocks the gun over, but in the meantime, his sister has been lifted up into the air with like a very tractor beam-esque. Like she's in her nightgown being pulled through the window, and Mulder can do nothing but just stare on in horror as she gets abducted. Uh, My other irritating note, this is another thing I, I did a lot of research on very trivial matters for this episode. I love it. Because my favorite. He's wearing a Knicks jersey, and we all know how I feel about the Knicks thing with Mulder. (laughs) He's on this island, and he's rooting for a team that is not even remotely close to it. Anyway putting that aside for a moment. <laughs> my other beef with this Knicks jersey is that so it's number 30 and I can see the name King on the back and so of course I go okay number 30 for the King in 1973 who is he nobody it's Bernard King and he started playing for the Knicks in 1982 oh wow Ooh. Ooh. not 1973 that is way so, off so David Duchovny I'm calling you out because I feel like this was him
0: <laughs> this oh, is a call-out post
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> you have 24 hours to respond <laughs>
0: <laughs> Else I am logging into IMDB, putting this in the goofs section.
1: Yes. I'm I as soon as we finish recording, I'm putting this in the goofs section so it's not there. I don't goof. Yeah, he played for the Knicks from 1982 to 1987. And in 1973, Bernard King was not even in the NBA. He didn't come into the NBA until like 78 or something. Anyway. Wild. <laughs> That's my other quibble I'm 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 fed up. If you insist on doing this Knicks Nonsense, can you at least get it right? It's hogwash it's is what it is. Do your research. <laughs> exactly.
0: Do do better.
1: Mulder wakes up in his apartment after remembering his sister's abduction. And suddenly his front door is opened very ominously. And there's a man standing there. And Mulder looks at him. Also, he looks very sweaty. And his like, he's wearing a button down shirt. I knew you were going to... it's just the slightly <laughs>
2: open collar on it. I, like as soon as I saw it's that, I was like... very
1: open. Oh my God, Shelly's going <laughs> to comment on it god one of these days we're gonna find something to call you out on laura <laughs> yeah i look
2: forward to it i love being roasted okay i'll work
1: on it yeah so anyway he may or may not look great this scene <laughs>
0: it's beside the point
1: It's not important, but the man just opens and he goes, we're going to the hill. So he goes to the hill and this is a informant we haven't met in our watch, but I'm, he showed up in one of the early season one episodes, but it's Senator Matheson played by Raymond J. Barry. And I can't not look at him and just see the fact that he played uh, Raylan Givens dad on Justified. (laughs) He also looked like one of those like late eighties a Wall Street movie dude. Oh, yeah. yeah he- like he's like
2: buff underneath that like business suit. You can kind of tell. It's
1: Yeah, it was interesting vibe. And the very distinctive collar, the white collar and the blue like striped shirt. Mm-hmm. And this is where Mulder gets his information that a signal has been detected at Arecibo and that he needs to go to Puerto Rico to check it out. And that Senator Matheson will hold off the Blue Beret UFO retrieval team as long as he can. Okay.
2: Uh, Just a mentioned and, like, really, like, commended Mulder on his correct pronunciation of Bach.
0: <laughs> that was it.
1: <laughs>
2: he lives for Bach. Bach. <laughs> Bach.
0: Real Bach yeah. head.
2: Every, <laughs> every time we listen to, like, the classical station and they're like, by Bach, I, like, always make fun of them for it, but it is technically the correct pronunciation. And,
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mulder knows what's up.
1: He, he does. He took uh, music appreciation, was it, at Oxford? <laughs> really? <laughs> Well, he said, he mentioned his professor. I can't remember if it was music appreciation or music theory or something. I think it
2: was music appreciation. <laughs>
0: I guess it really affected him.
1: It, he lives for Bach. <laughs> for pa. 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 <laughs> So Scully gets told that Mulder is MIA because, of course, when he disappears, the first thing they say is Scully where's Mulder. Hmm. And they uh, they figure out she doesn't know anything. because She's way too nervous to know anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. She has no poker face. So she goes to Mulder's apartment uh, looking for clues to where he went. I did want to say I love that his she plays his answering machine. And oh um, <laughs> yeah, it's a woman saying, "Mulder, you pestered me to go out to dinner, and then you flaked, pig." <laughs> I I love it.
0: Her face when that was playing was just amazing. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs>
1: She looked so annoyed. <laughs> also the scene where she guesses his computer password amazing was so funny. Oh, so good. It was good. so funny. It
0: made me so God, happy. God it was
1: incredible.
2: <laughs> we should list out we should list out uh, her attempts in order. Number
1: 1. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. So first of all, I just want to say there's no, it doesn't mask the passwords at all. You can just see what she types in. Incredible from the start. Her first guess is spooky, (laughs) which I'm going to give her a two out of 10 on that. Because I don't think he would use the nickname people use to make fun of him as his password, Scully. Yeah, that would be too simple. Aliens wasn't like
2: the first (laughs) guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah her second guess so she's like okay that's not right second guess samantha that's a good guess i would say He's i'll saying- give her a seven out of sure, ten yeah mm-hmm. and then the final <laughs> one is my favorite trust no one but one is the number one that's a crucial detail it's so Love it.
0: good it's so good
1: she looks almost like so annoyed to whatever it's
2: right it's just like she like almost like eye rolls <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love her instincts to not try one spelled out first. She's mm-hmm. like, no, mm-hmm. he's trying to up the complexity. He's going to put a number in there. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's a strong
2: password in 1994.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, this guy is like very concerned about uh, he's like a paranoid guy, right? <laughs> but he yeah. has oh, yeah. an extremely guessable password.
1: She finds the signal that he got from Senator Matheson. So she prints it out. But his apartment was being surveilled. So they come in and question her. And she plays it cool. She says, Mulder's not here. Uh, when he's not here, I feed his fish. And <laughs> she, she spills fish food on purpose. So she can grab the paper that the guy threw away in the trash and use it and take it with her. But I do love love when she goes to, like, gather the fish food to throw it away. And the guy's like, just put it in the tank. And she turns and she's just like, that would be bad for the fish.
0: Queen. That's that's so much stank on it. It was it was great. What a reading.
1: Incredible. (laughs) She's simply a queen. <laughs> Back in Puerto Rico, Mulder uh, opens a bathroom and finds someone was trapped in there for some reason. It was a locked building that he broke into. I don't know how this guy got in there.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. And also, like, I like how this is, quote unquote, Puerto Rico. But, like, you can see pine trees, the famous
1: pine yes, trees of Puerto course. Rico. <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway. And and Mulder tries to talk to this guy, but, of course, they don't speak the same language and um, Mulder has Spanish skills that I would say rival mine. <laughs> but I think that's embarrassing because I grew up in Texas and I should honestly be able to speak Spanish a little better than I do.
2: I am proud to say that my Spanish is better than Mulder's. I'm not that's great good. at responding, but I, I could understand most of what he was saying. I, feel like like I couldn't understand very of it. Very classic me. My best friend's parents, Spanish is their first language and that's mostly what they speak. And every time I hang out with them, they kind of make fun of me for uh how much i don't understand and uh she's been my best friend since we were 12 uh so for like 16 years and my spanish like still isn't better (laughs) so i was i was proud i was like yeah i can kind of understand most of that okay
0: what what was jorge saying when he was talking i went to i wanted to go and like read what he was saying to see if i could understand it but the captions just said speaking in spanish which yeah, didn't they help didn't. At all.
2: They didn't translate it, which I thought was interesting. I mean, he was mostly just talking about like the green and red, like intense lights, and like I, I, the I, alien I, scene that was like it's like really similar to. I mean, obviously the previous abduction scene with his sister.
0: Right, I I understood mm. something about the sky, but that yeah. I mean, yeah. Was-
2: mm.
1: But uh, yeah. So Mulder found a friend, and his name is Jorge. So he's 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 alone. He's not alone, but he is. Kind kind of isolated in the sense that he can't really communicate with Jorge uh, but it also makes sense because it's Puerto Rico so Puerto Ricans live there and speak Spanish <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go with Mulder needs to up his Spanish game he really he should, know, he you, should know a little bit more Spanish I feel
0: you should know not yes. to say uh no ho on the rojo <laughs>
2: Oh my god!
1: That kind of pissed me off.
0: That that's that <laughs> smirk on his face after he said it, like hey.
1: <laughs> annoying.
0: Hey, no one in the roof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Scully is doing her uh her investigation and finding her very dumbass partner who has gone missing. <sighs> And she finds she takes a printout that she gets and she takes it to the sky and they he talks about like the wow signal 1977, the uh, SETI program, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Just basically they point satellites at the sky and listen for radio frequencies that are not man-made. So he talks about the wow signal and about how in uh, 1977, Ohio State actually picked something up that is like the best evidence of extraterrestrial life, which I've heard of the wow signal before this. But it is interesting. Didn't it turn out
2: to be a plane? I don't know. I think maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe this is the government covering it up, but I feel like it turned out <laughs> to be like Scully. maybe, yeah, like a, a, a military plane or something. I don't know. Oh, For sure. Okay. I didn't, well, that's yeah, I didn't that's look kind of into lean. it we really, like, we truly are alone. Finish this episode. The maintenance guy came to get the bird out of my dryer.
1: <laughs> yeah. She finds out it is probably a radio signal. And so she starts looking at SETI programs around the world. And she finds the name George Hale on a passenger manifest to Puerto Rico. So she's like, okay, I know where my dumbass partner is. So let's go to Puerto Rico. Got him. And... Then we cut to Mulder in Puerto Rico and the tape the tape recorder that has been recording the signal kicks back on and Jorge gets frightened because it's to him it's the signal the aliens are coming back. So Jorge runs out into the storm. Mulder finds him and he has died. So R.I.P. to Jorge. Yep. Yeah. It was really sad. He Yeah, and he, he died, he's he's frightened and his hands are out in front of his face, which yeah. I really don't think Rigor Mortis fits in that quick, but okay. No. <laughs> The, the aliens. The
2: aliens did it. <laughs> the aliens with their expedited rigor mortis.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, it's very funny to me that Mulder said earlier that they're very good and they're tailing them. Uh, and then in the airport scene, Scully very easily eludes these people tailing her. So they're I don't think they're good at their job. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I think no. they're actually really bad at their job. Yeah, I don't think it, the FBI is just good at tailing people in general. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, they're very good at their job. And he's like, no, they are not. They really are not.
0: They, like, they turn their backs on her for, like, a good a good long time. Yeah. Uh, Like, long enough for an escape, for sure. It's also just,
2: like,
1: very, very obvious that, like, (laughs) that is them. I do want to say the woman, one of the, the woman tailing Scully... Incredible outfit! That outfit was so good. It took good. me a while to figure. out.
0: Like a super I, colorful was, romper.
1: Yeah, it was. It was so big. It took a while to realize it was a romper, but it looked incredible. But it had like an
2: open back. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it yes. was a great outfit. It looks so comfy. Yeah, it was it's very nineties vacation chic.
0: So nineties. Exactly. It, it was. It's a great vacation outfit. It's a bad outfit for uh, tailing an FBI agent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very very noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. And then we cut back to Mulder, a uh, very back and forth episode as far as the scenes go. And he has brought Jorge back into the control room at Arecibo, and he's doing a rudimentary autopsy. And pretty much, like the whole time he's in Puerto Rico, he has a tape recorder that he's been talking into. Um, noting his observations and so he's he's talking about what he sees and how the body looks and all that sort of stuff and my one of my favorite scenes in this episode is when he like is talking in the tape recorder and then suddenly he starts addressing scully oh. like he, no. he knows he knows what this is for like he's trying to copy her too <laughs> The person he's doing all this rigorous research into the, the events happening at the observatory is for Scully. Like he, yeah, she's like mm-hmm. trained him. I will give it to him that he
2: is working a lot more in this episode than he normally
1: does. Yes, he's he has to do Scully's job. He's doing his like little rudimentary autopsy. A- autopsy because she isn't there.
0: There are some great quotes during that tape recorder scene. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, like... I love how her way of approaching the unexplained has interwoven in his DNA so thoroughly that even when she's not there he does it. It's so it's it, it it does it says so much about these two characters right and and it's really like this being the first episode of season 2 it's um uh i found out that it got like a decent audience boost from season 1 to season 2 partially because the show won a golden globe in 1994 uh, i think for best show or something uh, which my interesting the my interesting note about this show. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember if it's best, best drama one. or best new drama. <laughs> it's the best show. <laughs> <laughs> the best show, as so did my Shelby. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's yeah. But my interesting note about the Globes is at least I'll I'll say it's like current day. I don't know about the nineties, but I assume it's the same. But the Golden Globes are no notice like the Golden Globes are known for two things. One, giving awards to weird offbeat shows, which the X-Files would fit the blueprint of and two being bribed (laughs) bribing the Hollywood foreign press for an award which is why (laughs) why Amazon won for Mozart in the Jungle, a show literally no one remembers, yeah. but has a Golden Globe. Or watched. Yeah, no,
2: bribing. Yeah, mm-hmm. bribing is like a part of like all of the award shows is bribing. For sure.
1: It's just like extremely noticeable in the Golden Globes, which like mostly I think the bribing is like smoothing the Hollywood foreign press. Um, but if the Fox did that for the X-Files, I'm going to say money well spent. It gave them this <laughs> huge, massive hit, you know? <laughs> But if they didn't bribe him, also fine. <laughs> yeah, I, but
0: I, I feel like if this was the first time a lot of people were tuning into the X-Files, this, I feel like this is a good episode to start on.
1: Totally. But you're, you're right when you said earlier that it's so quotable. I, I wrote down a few. It's like Mulder saying, before I could only trust myself. Now I can only trust you. And they've taken you away from me. Oh, Aww. He's going oh through a rough God. breakup, guys. I also love how that implies that he he can't trust himself like the, the bad now I can only the trust Elizabeth you
2: yeah <laughs>
1: exactly it all it all comes together <laughs> fma and and the x-files they're just interlinked. it's f yeah it's it yeah fma anime x-files uh, as i've been saying you were not wrong yeah
0: I, I loved his uh the thing at the end he said uh about aliens make contact and he said what would i do if they really came that was that was mm-hmm. such a nice note to end it on it i, I don't know it, it was mm-hmm. i really thought it encapsulated everything he was trying to say mm-hmm.
1: totally totally yeah like he. He's, he's having this crisis and he's he's he, he doesn't believe what he's seen and he is like well even setting all that aside like if they came what would i even do like what is this even for you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure and the the red lights come back and the tape recorder starts going off again and Muller blocks the door which it took me a, a while to realize this but he knocks over the light switch which in inadvertently is the thing that is probably degaussing the tape it's therefore like he Ruined his own evidence.
0: Which I I didn't pick
1: up on until like the second I watched this episode twice today, but the second time I was like, oh, okay, I follow what this is doing anyway. So he blocks the door to try to stop them from coming in, but it doesn't stop them. And it is very reminiscent of his sister's abduction where the door opens and there is a shadowy alien like figure.
0: Those feet.
1: Yeah. With with the light behind it. The alien feet. (laughs) And he pulls out his gun and he starts shooting. He starts blasting. Nothing happens. Like a cop. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I start blasting. Uh, yeah, so then he passes out or something. Next time we see him, he's asleep or unconscious. I
0: guess he just <laughs> faints. I don't. I'm not sure what. I think. Really happened I think he there. just yeah. like passed out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I also love this is this is something they do and not in significant time because like if it works, why not just do it? You know. But the light that like the aliens where it becomes Scully's flashlight shining in Mulder's face. Yes. I mean, like Mulder, you okay. <laughs> he's not he's not and he wakes up and he jolts up and he's she's like Mulder, are you okay this is dana scully (laughs) she
2: she knows how to she's waking someone up with like ptsd you know like because he does have it (laughs) and she's like it's dana scully do you remember me do you know
1: where you are (laughs) doing a and he's like, scully test. what's your name do you know where you are do you know what day it is <laughs> exactly and uh Mulder gets up and he he, he puts both his hands on her shoulders and he's like scully they were here and she goes here and looks around and he goes or here and touches his the side of his head
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: i don't think he answered her <laughs> he just started rambling more about the aliens <laughs>
0: There was a lot of rambling in this scene.
1: Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. He's so excited. He's like, doubt? What doubt? What crisis of faith? The aliens are real and they were here. And I got this tape. Yeah. That <laughs> I, I fucked up. He's back. <laughs> Look,
0: he's forgive back, me. baby. I got to give back to the old me.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he had a crisis of confidence for like 20 minutes. And he's like, I'm back. <laughs> Let's go. What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> But of course, as as the show goes, the uh, UFO retrieval team is hot on their trail. So Mulder can only really grab the tape before they have to leave. And uh, (laughs) I did. And and of course, his idea, the man's a maniac, his idea of escaping is just driving like straight down the hill, like (laughs) to cut off the road instead of using like the switchback kind of road, windy road. And I also did love how the camera angles focus a lot on Mulder. And you could very much tell they were like, okay, we can now put a heavily pregnant Jillian Anderson in this car. Just, I like how they have them like shoot at her. So she like, you know, like
2: jumps down right. And then like she's not in the car for like the rest of the car driving chase kind of ish scene. And like Mulder just like puts his like arm like over in the passenger seat, but like there's nothing there. (laughs) You can tell,
1: <laughs> yeah. So some very clever camera angles, and every time it cuts to her, it's just like this very weird angle where it just seemed like they were not shooting. Yeah, where they were shooting. We're bad. still,
2: we're still in the only mid upper body shots of uh, Scully right now.
1: Yes, yes, hiding a uh, heavily pregnant Jillian Anderson. But they escape the UFO retrieval team, and we cut to Boulder getting chewed out by S- Skinner in Skinner's office, and he's like, you know, I'm going to fire you like but we're talking fire reassignment, censure. And Muller's like, OK, I acknowledge that I did leave my post. But other than that, I think I was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Muller says something like an illegal wiretap that y'all did on my apartment. And that really sets Skinner off. And he kicks cigarette smoking Man out of the room. And is like, OK, Mulder, go back to your assignment. <laughs> so he gets away with it once again. Of course he does. He does. That's that's his whole deal.
0: Room- mm-hmm that I, I haven't had a whole lot of screen time with the cigarette smoking man. He doesn't inhale his cigarettes. And that bothered me a lot. Is that <laughs> is there a reason you know for that?
1: Okay, so my note about his whole smoking the cigarette thing is that so the guy who plays cigarette smoking man William B. Davis was a smoker and I think in the first season he smoked real cigarettes but then he switched to herbal in mm-hmm. season two on because he didn't want to get addicted but so I don't know about the whole not inhaling thing Um, I don't know enough about smoking to notice I guess but I think he does inhale he gets like way more screen time later okay.
2: I, I honestly have no clue because I am not a smoker I like am so lame I've like never smoked anything
0: <laughs> so I'm
2: just like uh yeah sure okay
1: <laughs> this is the lit. only thing keeping you <laughs> this is the only thing keeping you from being like a a member of a shadowy intergovernment agency yeah uh, suppressing the truth is yeah not smoking you know you
2: know it's not me because i'm not smoking
1: <laughs> yeah so i don't know but him not inhaling kind of makes a little bit of sense This says that like he's like i'm already old as hell I don't want to smoke cigarettes for like however many years the show's gonna be like <laughs>
2: I was just going to say, I think in like most smoking scenes, especially on TV, the actors, I mean, A, they're usually fake cigarettes. And then like B, I think the actors in general don't really inhale because I think they're like pretty gross. The,
0: the reason the reason I noted this, that, that he doesn't inhale the way he was smoking, made it look like he did not like cigarettes, um, which is <laughs> weird because his name is the cigarette smoking man.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't like them. I just do it. <laughs>
1: It's part of my, it's, it's part of my aesthetic. I can't lose the aesthetic now.
0: (laughs) It's my name. I just gotta.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we cut to Mulder and Scully. A nice bookend for the episode is having it start with Mulder listening to his wiretaps and then with Mulder listening to his wiretaps. But with Scully there, I was just visiting. You know, when you just visit your friends with their job. Just hanging out, listening to wiretaps. And Mulder takes the tape that he got from Arecibo and put it in. It's blank because he messed it up. And he's just like, oh, no, not again. It's happening again. <laughs> what a dumbo. But luckily, luckily, he doesn't have his crisis of faith anymore. Because he says, I may not have the x file, Scully, but I still have my work. I still have you. I still have myself. Oh. So sweet. Oh. So, so sweet. Aww. And he starts playing the wiretap. He's, he starts doing his job, essentially. Um, The thing they're paying him money to do. And <laughs> as it's playing, Scully just sort of reaches out and squeezes his hand and leaves. And it was so sweet.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a nice tender moment. I
1: love that scene. Yeah, it was so mm-hmm. good.
0: The bands back together.
1: <laughs> they are. Exactly. That the, you can't you can't keep a couple bad bitches down. That's all I gotta say on the subject. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Did y'all have any final thoughts about the episode? Not really. Uh, That's okay.
0: I don't, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great, like, imagine being in 1994 and watching this as it aired. Like, that would have been a thrilling season opener, I think. It had a mm-hmm. car chase in it. I don't know how often that yeah. happens on the X-Files. Uh, a
1: decent amount, but yeah.
0: Okay, well, I guess it will keep It was, a,
1: it was yeah. one of their better uh, car chases, I would say.
0: Yeah, there's there were a lot of good shots of Mulder just sitting in the driver's seat, just jerking around. (laughs) Enthusiastically. Yeah. I don't know. It was I I thought it was like a a meditative but exciting episode with a lot of tension. Um and Mm -hmm. I didn't even have a bird in my apartment.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a really tense episode. And I think I I liked it fine. I think I was really kind of distracted by the contact parallels, but like not as good as the movie. So I was just kind of like, I mean, it's good, but like contact is a better story um but i think as like especially as a season two opener it's really it's actually really solid it's really exciting mm-hmm. of an episode it 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 hooks i think it's a good at hooking the audience and being like oh this is like serious and like there's action there's like a card chase scene and guns and yeah it was mm-hmm. it was good they were good at raising the stakes in this episode and like maintaining the tension and yeah more scully it, it's, is my it's complaint re- there could be more scully <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's well, you're in for a rough go until she has her baby. I'm just gonna I say know. that.
0: <laughs> is it molder heavy for most of season two?
1: It is for like the first, uh, I would say like six or seven. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, because she has to go have her baby, and man, if you thought he was depressed now. <laughs> Wait till Scully's not there. Oh, I know. (laughs) And and can't be there. But uh, yeah, I think it's this. I really like this episode. I think it's one of my favorite season openers for the show. And I think it's interesting to consider, especially in the time of like the early Internet. I think now, like because shows have a shorter run, they don't have those like establishing episodes. Right. Like kind of like resetting the premise and like, you know, anchoring the show. Mm -hmm. And that's what this felt like to me is. It's just catching people up a little bit. I think I
2: think also with the
1: accessibility of
2: TV with like streaming services, they don't need establishing episodes as much because
1: you can just watch all of it whenever you want. Yeah, and you, yeah. If you don't know anything, you can look it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't have like season breaks where you you forget everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even if you do, they do those little, little recaps before the mm-hmm. first episode of the next new season sh- starts. Right. Yeah. I, I chose this episode. It was actually kind of a late edition, um, but I'm really glad I put it on because I think it is a really good episode. And we got Moody Mulder. Yeah, I, I really like it. Um,
0: yeah, Arecibo, RIP Arecibo.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention it recently collapsed and it so did. it is no more. Yeah. RIP. This is dedicated to the Arecibo Observatory. I'm dedicating this episode of the podcast to it. I love that.
0: <laughs> Big ups, Arecibo.
1: <laughs> Time for our segments. Yay, segments. Woo, segments.
0: Yeah, okay. I've been I've been excited about this. <laughs>
1: I also forgot, I was going to mention at the beginning that I got a new mic. Maybe I'll just do it now. I don't know. Yay, new it's mic. a great mic. Yes, I, I, I'm recording with the new mic, so I hope it sounds good. I mean, I thought it sounded good good before, but just trying to always room for improvement in the podcasting game. Oh, yeah. We will go to bigger and better places.
0: There's It's nothing but up from here. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> now is the time for our segments. First, as always, how annoying was Mulder this episode?
0: Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder, Mulder!
1: And as always, I will go first. He, of course, was a little annoying because, as I mentioned last episode, he's always a little bit more annoying in mythology episodes than normal. Mm hmm. For me. But I would like to subtract some points because he's he's going through a mental health crisis. And I think we should honor that. And so instead of giving him a seven, I'm going to give him a six. I think he was on the other side of annoying, but I don't think he was that annoying. Wow. Actually, no, seven. I would say seven is probably the highest grade I've given him. But of course, I'm subtracting for the mental health crisis. So it's just artificially low.
2: Wow. I'm shocked. <laughs> Shall we?
0: I am I'm also what shirt, shocked. What
2: is your... I also gave him a six. Because oh, I'm wow. being nice. I'm being nice because he is so depressed. Like, not that exactly. that's necessarily any excuse for any shitty behavior, but like, that boy is in crisis. Um... So, like, I was able to excuse some of that more because, like, of it. And then also, like, I, like, he's, for me, he's, like, finally, like, putting in work, doing, like, some hard, heavy, intensive, laborious research. Finally, he's doing that instead of Scully. So I'm just like, you know (laughs) what, you big dumb, like, I I hope you appreciate her more now because, like, you're having to do this yourself finally. You're realizing, like, how hard and annoying it is. So, like, there's been some growth there. So, yeah, I yeah, I, I gave him a six two. I'm
1: shocked. We gave him the same. Oh, wow, I don't think this this is this is historic. We've never agreed yeah. on it. I didn't think we ever would. <laughs> Kevin, what is your grade?
0: Three. And here's why. Wow. <laughs> I don't I didn't think he was that annoying this episode. Uh
1: I really don't think he was. It's I just a mythology yeah. one. I have to bump it up. I, f-
0: I feel like y'all have more context to uh him being irritating. Here here's why I gave him a three. Um there was a point against him was uh spinning sunflower seeds on the floor (laughs) that's just rude that that was gross and weird he has to work in that space why is he doing that there was uh no ho on the roho was a big one Um, yeah but uh yeah I i don't know i think i think he was uh sincere for the most part during this episode and um yeah
1: I think the biggest mark against him for me is the fact that he ran off to Puerto Rico without at least warning Scully. Um, Right. He does that a lot.
0: He was he was. Well, there's that isolation I kind of mentioned earlier. Like he was definitely on his own journey. Mm -hmm. But then he realized, you know, he isn't alone in this. Mm hmm. Which that that kind of isolation had to happen for them to kind of return to form, uh, which yeah, that's I mean that's kind of why it worked as a season opener, I thought.
1: Yeah, that's totally. true. Yeah, some because yeah, at the yeah at the end of season one, it kind of you know he calls her and he says you know they've closed the X Files and it really does separate them and now it's sort of they're still separated but there is that emotional tether between them mm-hmm. for sure. Next is so uh, this must be the enigmatic agent scully scully's sassiest moment of the episode and i do have a feeling we all have the same one i think but so. <laughs> she wasn't very sassy this episode she, yeah so uh laura do you want to go first so then kevin and i will say if you, you have the same one sure um it's definitely the
2: uh that's not good for the fish <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> never they're like just just hurry up like just dump the fish food that you spilled into the tank and she's like that's not good for the fish <laughs> and they're like <laughs> you can tell that the FBI agents are so annoyed they're like oh this dumb woman cares about the lives of these fish like oh let's just <laughs> get out here yeah it was very sassy it was very good yeah that, yes, was, that's mine. that was my
0: answer uh, a, a backup would have been uh, the look on her face as she was listening to the uh, the answering machine message <laughs> oh
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> also I just want to say her line um, it would be bad for the fish is something I think a lot about like I don't know why it just gets lodged in my brain I, mean, I think it's just a delivery of it, it just really so seals it it was so it
0: was it was so good
1: so so good <laughs> and lastly
0: welcome you've got mail
1: our ninetieth moment of the episode kevin do you want to go first
0: yeah i'm i'm going with the airport romper uh good choice uh, it, was, it was yeah it was so colorful uh geometric it was great mm-hmm. so 90.
2: Mm-hmm. laura what about you mine is the printer that prints out I mean, yes. everyone's printer, but especially the one um in the radio telescope lab um with the like little like perforated like holes on the side. Mm-hmm. And like that's very 90s because like that's just not how printers work anymore. <laughs> but I remember like visiting my dad at work for like whatever reason. And like, I mean, this is this is probably like a way to like trick kids into like doing some work. But like we would we would my sister and I would like pull the little perforated edges off yes. of the sides of paper because it's like it's like it's one, so one page and then there's like copy pages below it it's like cop- like that type of copy paper and like mm-hmm. you would just like take the edges off and then they, you like separate them it was just like so much fun it was just like so satisfying and so much fun to play with like as a kid and like the mm-hmm. early 2000s at this point so i guess it's also early 2000s but it's more 90s i feel like in the 2000s like printers started moving towards more where they are now but yeah that like that like perforated on the edge like hole punchy paper printer paper that's just like not a thing anymore mm-hmm. those,
0: you're, mm-hmm. you're so right about those things being so satisfying to rip oh. off so oh. much
2: fun. Yeah. And then there was just like a recycling bin full of them.
0: Is that, is that what a dot matrix printer is? Is that, Or is that something uh, yeah, I was else?
1: Gonna, I think it is a dot matrix or mm-hmm. yeah, some variation of it maybe. Okay. I think uh, the modern day equivalent of that, I think, is when you buy a new, you buy new tech or whatever, you have that plastic on it for like yeah. the screen yeah. and peeling yep. that off. But that's so, that's so much rarer, you know? Yeah. You're not always buying new stuff. Mine is... Not to do the trifecta of like me saying that Mulder was hot in this episode.
0: (laughs) I think I know what you're going
1: to say. Me too. I think think in the um, pilot, I talked about this, I want to say. And I said that I love their outdoor looks. And specifically, I love Mulder's Timberlands. Yes. So I am giving it to his Puerto Rico outfit where he's wearing Timberlands, jeans, denim, button down, that's open, gray shirt, sweat, -sweat. (laughs) V-sweat, Yep. sunglasses. I knew backpack. you were going to say that. The Great watch. look. He had I... the
0: watch going too.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. The he looked incredible. Prepared. I cannot wait to be that hot and sweaty again. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm in the minority here, but yes. So yeah, Mulder was hot. <laughs> Great look. I, I, I was very tempted to buy boots like that once and maybe I still will one day, but...
0: I think that that would be a yeah. good a good addition to your brand. Yeah, uh, well you could definitely yeah, pull it off. Yeah, I was like
1: off. wondering. You thought I could? I thought I, I just like couldn't quite pull it off. You no, know? I no, I think you, think you can. Could.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. G- okay. Get
0: you some Tims.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, I gotta get some <laughs> Tims. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we are Condensed Truth. You'd like to email us? You can email us at truthpod at gmail.com. And I did have a thought. I didn't. I don't know if we have a big enough audience, but if you have any questions about the X Files i or anything like that, and you would like to email them to us. If we get enough questions, maybe we could do like a mailbag episode. Oh, hell yeah. But again, I don't really know if we have enough people. But if lots of people send in questions, we could do that. Any Yes, we'll take it. Yes. As long as it's not like, what is your social security number? I will not answer that. I mean, yeah, we will not answer any personal information. My social security number is Hunter (laughs) 2.
0: My social security number is Trust No One.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
2: sorry my cat just like walked all over at dinner oh that's okay. good
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's not okay but <laughs> uh your your excuse the next episode we're talking about is season two episode two the host we will also have a guest on that episode too um wow, i'm kind of excited to talk about that one because i think it's one of the very few episodes of the x-files that like kind of actually grosses me out so that'll be fun yeah <laughs> But yeah, the, uh, thank you for listening, uh, Kevin. Thank you for coming on. Thank you thank so you much for Kevin. having
0: me. Thank you. Uh,
1: and I hope everyone has a nice day. And I hope y'all tune in next week and watch the episode with us, and then listen to us talk about the episode. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.